I've graduated out of uh, Welcome Group Graduate School of Hotel Administration, which is in Manipal University, Karnataka. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently, I've, I'm with the Bombay Canteen, which is a modern Indian restaurant in, um, in Bombay. But uh, because of the pandemic, I'm kind of like in a furlough situation. And oh, because okay. of that, I'm running a very, a very simple cloud home kitchen, if that's even the right word. I won't call myself a chef since I'm still learning. But yeah, I mean, entered the food industry. So like it's been around three years uh, I've been working here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was supposed to be in Bangkok. Uh, Till May, but uh, I mean, uh, working, interning in a restaurant called Ga. But uh, because of this pandemic, I had to return back to India. So I just was just figuring out what to do in the meantime. Just mm. out of out of nowhere, I just kept up post like in case if anybody responds, like you know, if anybody wants to try any food of mine. So I just kept it on Instagram. Yeah, I got some response. So that's how like it's been three months uh, after starting that. observed almost everywhere I went is the under-representation of Indian cuisine and especially South Indian cuisine. A lot of stuff that the South Indian restaurant, the Nadodi was doing like, pretty much like puttu. I mean, but he's taking that to a whole new level. Like, normally puttu, I'm sure you might be knowing the uh, coconut rice uh, steam, but no, he presents it in a beautiful way. And like, in the best part, the biryani, this is how biryani is a fine dining restaurant, but that was the best biryani I had till now. Like it was amazing. No, Alandi biryani na ipparda ka basically. They're bringing a lot of local stuff as well. Like you no, know, since they're in Malaysia, so they bring a lot of Malaysian elements as well into their cuisine. So in the food industry generally, man, we observe just now, there's a lot of uh, uh, prevalence given to sustainability. I put organic food and there's also vegan diets, nutrition, uh, you know, people are conscious about nutrition. Uh, so, Ivani, uh, like, what are your thoughts on these? So, uh, I think to kind of, this question kind of overlaps what Teja was trying to understand over Indian food outside India. Mm-hmm. You know, because the pre- representation of food of India is just only so much. I think one of the reasons this moment, this movement in India along with under-representation of Indian food in the West is because Indians itself haven't, uh, uh, what do you say, haven't kind of dug out and given uh, traditional recipes and kind kind of given it that limelight. I was saying that something as simple as a Nagaland pork curry cooked in this fermented bamboo uh, paste, I guess, but it's called Akuni. And um, it's been around for years. Like it's very, very traditional and it's coming into limelight only now. When people go out and kind of set up their restaurants or even traditionally have been, their outlook also is so limited to show to the world because one, maybe they're not taking that much pride in 
the traditional culture that is definitely one of the reasons and two um there is not enough documentation of uh, historic indian food traditions you know even if it is it's not come out that much you know like indian mithai uh, for that matter is so so under explored i don't know how to put it into proper words but because you don't have set recipes to make this kind of mithai like you go to the west you'll find proper recipes on how to make a croissant or how to make uh, donuts or cruffins or this and that there's so many trends about about like indian mithai because you you mentioned it uh i i was very startled one of my uh, european friends asked me ah so you guys eat sweets in india i didn't know indians have indian sweets i just started so it was all chili i was so disappointed like ikkada man local cuisine we know all kinds of sweets and cuisines that we guys can make and by the there's no documentation or no presence sort of of it and part of it yes no japanatga it's it's mostly even us we're not so connected or proud of our traditional cuisine yeah even we run behind donuts and stuff like that i think that's only now uh, over the last say 15 years but even say something like a butter chicken is only as old as i would say 1950 like 1960 it's very recent there are there are cuisines like okay take example of palak paneer initially it started off as a uh, accumulation of different leafy vegetables called saag like you know sarson ka saag is a popular dish it comes in the winter but initially it used to be a, a practice of just collecting different uh, winter leaves and they would make a saag and making paneer also is not an indian culture like it is not at all a traditional thing to do in india like you think about it indians have always valued milk like even in hindu culture milk is such a holy thing imagine splitting it and making paneer out of it can you can you ever think about it? it's not something that originated in india and the british actually taught us how to do these things like i would i would very uh simply also say that tandoori chicken would not come to india if the british had not showed us how to make roast chicken or had even shown roast chicken. so a lot of the indian food we eat today is so influenced by the british and because of that like over 200 250 years of their ruling has just overpowered all of that traditional uh culture and food practices and uh, dishes so many things have just either been lost or haven't come up to the surface in 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 the context of again culinary arts or cooking or chefs how do you think ipudunna uh, the cooking industry or the restaurants or the people itself how do you think they're uh, they're they're acting or they're contributing to kind of connecting back to our traditional roots um i would say take example of the phase, like this whole fad of uh, what is that uh, turmeric latte you know like turmeric is such a common household uh, measure to just you know get your illness away or just improving your health and things like that it's become such a fad in the west and uh, drumstick Uh, we've been eating drumsticks as kids for years now and some like it some don't 
but in the west drumstick is such a fad like drumstick uh, somewhere i think drumstick milkshake or drumstick smoothie like a whey protein kind of drink and you know it sounds weird to us but a lot of indian age old practices are just like yoga are fads in the west and then they come back to us like and in this reversed form uh, i think veganism is to be very frank uh, not a very natural thing when it comes to you know humans and stuff we were always meant to have certain things in our diet but i think because of obviously you know agriculture methods are changing this world is changing and this that obviously it's affected us and over the decades there are people who can't tolerate uh, lactose and so people turn vegan also that and the whole uh, fact that you know animals are reared in such harsh conditions over the world for you know poultry and fishing and it just becomes difficult for someone to continue that kind of diet they 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 just want to switch but in consequence your body is not adapted to that immediate switch like you can't just substitute milk from your diet or you can't just substitute um, i would say like if substituting milk you just can't have soya milk all the time you can't uh, just have paneer all the time and uh, yeah i would i would simply say that in india veganism is, is still got that tag of uh, you can only do it if you're privileged mm. enough because yeah a common guy can't really switch their diet choice if they want to because they just don't have that ability to you know you you get what i'm saying right yeah yeah i mean i mean almond milk or soy milk is twice as expensive as a- exactly uh in a pre covid in a post covid era post lockdown era especially as someone who's who's not on the cooking side i would think uh restaurant anadi will like turn down its human interaction side to be more robotic for the lack of better word uh by bringing in more uh robots to just chop stuff and all. we also see videos of machines doing it so for you as people in that industry be it hospitality or cooking industry what is the future of these industries for you no it's uh, it's quite too early to talk about you know having robots but but definitely some point they will enter you now we have as humans have been adapting to different technologies now so in case robots or china like there will you know maybe some more opportunities as a chefs or you know, like we still find a way as humans to figure out you know get some work not necessarily in the I mean robots such na evena yechu like internet no it was completely different situation but internet of check humans have adapted you no know, same with ai same with technology we ochina like we'll still figure out something i believe it's kind of like a cyclical thing like just to give an example like before the industrial revolution everything was more relied on uh, labor and handmade handicrafts and you know even bread was artisanal now it's coming back like that so over the decades machines already did come over and they made life easier but you can see the trend of artisanal food is coming back so i would say 
if robots are going to replace human work i would say is already happening for decades now and we have all we have taken advantage of it like instead of uh, needing 30 kilos of dough for certain bread machines are doing it and we are actually getting more output out of it so i would say robots will not replace chefs or even hospitality professionals it will it will only aid the whole process i i'm sure to a certain extent the need for uh, staff will reduce and things like that but there's only so much robots can do now tell you know the what's the difference between culinary and uh, hospitality like how different are those so hospitality industry encompasses everything there is mm-hmm. culinary there is front office there is service there is housekeeping and then there is obviously other departments you know which any organization will have but culinary is only kitchen kitchen can again be pastry or you know hot kitchen as they popularly say hot kitchen cold kitchen like very traditionally people yeah, will say right that. okay when i finished my 12th i i was still kind of little confused because i i was not entirely sure if this is for me and i think a lot of people who come from the hospitality background initially have always had that self doubt you know they, because the hospitality industry for a lot of people internte it's a industry that only people who don't study well go to to be very frank cracking uh, an entrance test to one of these institutes any any institute for that matter is not that difficult you know if you have a couple of days or maybe a weeks prep anyone can crack it because one of the things about this industry is a uh, low entry barrier anyone can join you don't need to be uh, einstein to be hospitable <laughs> initially i was more really inclined to pastry and bakery i felt it's easier i mean i know many pastry chefs will kill me <laughs> for saying pastry is easy because uh, pastry is not an art at all it's completely a science a lot of chefs will tell you that because essentially at the end of the day you're dealing with chemicals you're having a leavener which is a chemical you're having fat you're having sugar uh, you know protein and all of those things really just make require you to know a fair amount of food science you know what is doing what so i i uh, heard about this this theory or this this example that most of the top chefs uh, start their careers by peeling potatoes or something is that yeah kind of an indication that uh, cooking anadi or, or working in kitchens anadi is very hierarchical that you have to start from the very bottom like work your way up and all that so that's always been the case so like uh, i mean pretty much everyone like always start as a dishwasher or as a kami like kami ante the first entry level matter so uh, normally akkanunche like they start slowly you know oka level there are lot of levels anamata kami 1 2 3 malli demi chef an untadi then the cdp an untadi then sous chef then like there are lot of hierarchies but you no know, it's for the betterment of the restaurant itself you no know, as a chef uh, it's very important to work under different chefs no like stars like as ratish mentioned like stars and they like working for free so 
they don't you basically pay for you you just go on your terms you just ask them like i want to work for free you just go like work for a couple of months or weeks and like just to learn how he's preparing his dishes they uh, malaysia lo like uh, i uh, interned at a place called narodi alani i went to malaysia like work for a few weeks there and then after my course finished uh, i was i mean i was planning a lot to go in bangkok to work there in a one star restaurant one michelin star ka so i mean i wasn't expecting akad dorkta endukante like you know getting into such a big place usually everyone interning there is pretty much sous chef or head chef level in not uh, like it was really lucky that i was able to get an opportunity to work there so meeru yes. after you done so during the last few months covid unnapudu meeru me own home kitchen start chesi you started selling uh, all different kinds of food that to during covid especially endukante food safe ga deliver cheyali hygienic ga undali so ivanni ela manage chestunnaru the major concern no matter what food has been delivered like proper ga deliver a concern anedi andarkundi so I mean, it was Halim season, I guess. So, I mean, bite a Halim, torkatle. So that was my point where I started actually. So, like, most of my bestsellers were like, it wasn't in my menu at all. So, mm-hmm. ever in Adagali, I mean, apure nen chase to nen that used to spread along. Normally, in a menu lo, like, I just try to experiment stuff. I mean, there are some regulars as well, but. no like since i have a lot different experiences over the past few years so i was just trying to put out just to understand like how people are uh, i mean are they aware of such stuff or like are they open to you know trying new food so atlani like i have been developing the menu and things have been going pretty fair well for now what about uh, you rajesh nikal on what incidentally happened was zomato and swiggy was banned in hyderabad for quite some time mm. uh, initially when the lockdown was there i think this it was banned for about one one and a half months and uh, i was in a state of uh, thought that you know if people were more open to a home cook deliver, delivering food which is probably just as good as a restaurant uh, made food would they be open to it so i was i was still very doubtful so i put out a survey and i ran it for a month and got a lot yeah. of responses and i made it quite detailed and i uh, i even asked them what they would want to have and uh, you know very very detailed but uh, to a large extent uh, i am doing purchasing on my own i am doing some amount of delivery on my own delivery to far off distances is still uh, yeah i still depend on uh, you know swiggy genie or uber or dunzo and i'm always open to people picking it up which is a great advantage people are more open to coming and picking it up than having it delivered via dunzo because it reduces contact right and uh, yeah uh, i think working backwards planning and really just following my routine has helped me oh uh rohit from yeah okay first time halim try to see to now like 2 3 months tarvata you started uh, jackfruit tartani leda corn husk tea and stuff like that so how did 
how did the transition of two three months into finding a space in uh, home kitchens work and i learned that like hali uh, mundi like that's like a main seller but there was also a side menu it's actually my main menu so like people used to also have a look on that menu as well so halim this kunto like they used to order some of the stuff from my menu which was a bit different so like atlani you know i used to get a good response from from the menu so like ala like started continuing to add more stuff you know no like i wanted to include seasonalities as well so that was the main motto behind starting this so like prati season you know you know i wasn't aware of there are a lot of uh, seasonal fruits in self in hyderabad like i had no clue yeah. at all yeah, so, yeah. Uh, revolving around different places you know appudu uh, i started learning you know these seasonalities and actually have a process like what's the whole role behind you know produce having seasons and how to work with them you know that's one of the biggest challenge in fact you went a one month of produce or say like you have to prepare a dish out of that and sell it for just that month so that's the biggest challenge like it keeps on changing you always get different produce so in fact like i am the only person in the kitchen so you no know, so preparing the regular stuff uh, doing a test kitchen and you know, do marketing and all that you know like it's uh, quite tough i would say so when when you guys are speaking about food or hospitality or, or culinary arts this one thing that strikes me is as someone who's studied in lecture based classes which is just engineering or math or physics or something it's hard to uh artham avatle how courses at hotel management or culinary arts work would would you have also have theory and practical or ipudu nen ellina institute for example like uh, it's like majority is practical stuff so i mean they don't teach you all the stuff that restaurants are doing like restaurant stuff is authentic for them but they just give you a just like you know this cuisine has this basic stuff so i mean for example sauces and soups and they just teach us the basic stuff the whole course is about learning the basics of every cuisine but ultimately when you go into the real world it's not just that you know they you know chefs experiment you prepare new dishes so atla you know the industries evolve so in a institute kelna like you just learn the basic theory and basic practicals that's all so how it would work for us is you would have different classes and some of these classes would parallelly talk about what was happening like in in the sense that if you're talking about a cuisine there was a little bit of theory and at the same time there was a little bit of practical if you're talking about basics which you know we keep talking about in this uh, this particular context basics means a basic understanding of um a cuisine basic understanding of uh, like you know what sauce requires what processes what temperature what time basic again when we keep saying it also means say cooking temperature of not just when it comes to baking something also cooking temperature of different meats different vegetables um it can also be an egg you know we we i remember the first class we had was just egg 
we had different methods. We we learned to boil an egg. Like who doesn't know how to boil an egg? But to my surprise, there are there were three different or many more different types of boiled egg at different temperatures and different times. So then we went on to learning how to poach an egg, and that is the that is the practicality of it. But then when we came to theory, we were also talking about okay, an egg has. uh the yolk the yolk has these things uh, then the whole structure of the egg at what temperature does the white set what temperature does the yolk set uh what are the characteristics of an egg you know it uh, you know there's so much that we had to know in theory which was indes- indispensable before going into practical uh, i was just saying i think it was important uh to to understand that even each vegetable has a certain temperature and time because as someone who cooks for myself and eats time like upon to i put everything on high flame cut it throw it onto the dish and then eat whatever but once i understood oh medium flame ante itla untadi high flame and look just itla untadi and all it i think it opens a whole new world of how each vegetable taste differs or something how hotel management is much more diverse and people mistake it for cooking so uh yeah explain me what are the different uh not i w- i wouldn't so much say career options because that that's again the end result but what are the different things you learn in the course so i mean at the very base of it at the most elementary level there are four uh, operational sections in hospitality uh, there's the kitchen there is service which if i don't i don't think most people understand but service involves uh, you know a general Uh, waiter's job or even a, a bartender's job so that comes under service and then there is housekeeping and then there's front office when you get into these four departments much deeper there's there's so much more like if i talk about service someone will think okay i don't want to be a waiter all right don't be a waiter but you can also look at uh, bartending there's also this deep deep understanding and uh, uh, the whole uh, section of uh, alcoholic beverages there's wines there's beer there's gin and people make a career of just out of just drinking an alcohol if people would like to follow you or your work uh where should they go what should they check out take me on instagram like it's just rohit uh, underscore chidurala or uh, can follow my home kitchen page that's uh, rosh kitchen i even have facebook like it's Yeah, just Rosh Kitchen on Facebook. Yeah, it's about the same. Uh, I have an Instagram handle which I've maintained for a couple of years now, and uh, it goes by the name Ratish Nine Seven. Uh, yeah, I I put out uh, some some interesting dishes occasionally, and usually uh, if someone orders from me, they are in they they kind of get that idea of checking out my. handle and so most of my stuff is out there 